Welcome to Coaching and Cocktails, the podcast. Hi. Hi. And then on that note, we are recording back-to-back podcasts today. Um, so we're going to try to um, not be weird. <laughs> try. I think I think it's too late for that. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. So um, this is Coaching and Cocktails. Mm-hmm. And I'm who Brandy. are you? You're, I'm Brandy. You're Tina. Yep. That's how that goes. Still, still. I'm not Brandy and she's not Tina. I don't think um, so. Yeah. So we were just, um, we just finished another uh, podcast recording on the, the show review. Um, but I was like, oh, but I have other shit I haven't told you. <laughs> <laughs> so there's more banter. Um, yeah. So another huge blowout last night in my house with um, the boy wonder who. <sighs> I not, just, not digging school. Huh? Is it school? It's all school. It's yeah. all school. It's missed assignments. It's the constant um, excuses of there's so many assignments in Google Classroom and it's hard to tell which ones I've done and which ones I haven't. It's just excuse, I mean, I don't, excuse, excuse. He's not wrong though. No, he's I mean, not. He's not wrong, but there's, he's got nothing else to do but go to school now. Right. Yeah. Or, you know, right. there, there's no work because he lost his job. Um, you know, there's no social life, there's no anything. So all you have is making sure that all your assignments are done. And I've been trying to let him handle it. He's been promising me he is, but yet I found that there were still more stuff that's not done. And so I lost my shit because I was losing my shit. Eric lost his shit and everybody lost their shit. And it was just a big fucking shit show. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I cried and it was, you know, I don't like screaming and it was just, yeah, it was just ugly. And cause we're all just, it just cause I'm so, I'm just so conflicted about everything. Right. Because my kid has lost everything, literally has lost everything. Right. He, he's lost his, his lifelong Taekwondo, um, place, right. He's lost his job. He doesn't get to be a six, an actual 16 year old teenager doing yeah. teenager things. He doesn't get to go to school. He doesn't have ROTC. I mean, you know, everything's right. online. He right. doesn't have, um, you know, any of the things that a 16 year old should have right now. Right. Um, so I feel bad. I feel okay. bad because I know it's hard and I do, I think he, you know, he won't admit it, but I really do think there's some like, depression there of course um, or at least some just like just fucking lethargy and lack of motivation I you know I told him last night I said I said I'm like dude like I have no motivation right now either right like I get up and I sit at my computer all day long and I just I just don't feel like fucking doing anything right Right. like my depression I have seasonal depression anyway and so the dark and the cold and the covid and the the just monotony and the, you know, the nothingness and the heaviness of it all. I'm just like, I get it, bud. Like I, you know, like I totally get it. So I feel so bad because this kid has nothing. But then on the other hand, I'm just like, we, you got to fucking suck it up and just do it because that's what I have to do every day. Yeah. I mean, it is hard. It, It is hard. I think parenting right now is so impossibly hard because you're trying to find that line of like, making making this work and not like doing long-term damage you know and i think i guess you know my situation is kind of different with littler kids mine is having to say no like they don't they understand covid and they understand all those things but you know we've had a decent social network 
since this has all started and things have gotten so bad in the last two weeks, I'm having to like say, no, you can't be around your friends at all. And then I want to give in, right? Right. Because it's like, God, this just is ridiculous. Just, okay, how about just one play date or how about just one this or one that? And it's just, I mean, it's really just kind of balancing the safety with not doing like long-term psychological damage on anybody. Right. And I don't know. I mean, I keep, you know, wanting to be a cheerleader and saying, we're so close. We're so close. And we are so close. But man, I think Fauci's right, (laughs) as always, like the next three or four weeks are going to be the darkest. Yeah. Literally. Literally and figuratively. Yeah. Like all of the above. And you just, I mean, what everything they said about Thanksgiving is coming to fruition. And I didn't even believe, I'm like, oh, it's not going to be that bad. Like these are scare tactics to make people act better. Well, everybody did Thanksgiving and the numbers are astounding right now. Right. Astounding. Cause I track mm-hmm. Loudoun County numbers. Like it's my job because there's a trigger point that closes school. I heard that on the news. You guys are getting close, right? Oh, I don't know. That's news to me. That's I heard it news. on the news last night that they, they, it was Loudoun County and I'm going to say Fairfax, that might be the wrong one. Fairfax but they were saying opened. they were saying getting dangerously close to yeah. their trigger point. Right. So you, it, it's ten percent positive test coming back in a fourteen day window. Well, up in like all through the summer and the early fall, it was like four percent. Right. right. That's where nowhere we're near it. Mm-hmm. Then it was like seven percent through October and November, like seven point two, seven point three. It sometimes go to eight point one from. Thursday on, it's gone up to 9.7, which you have to understand, like this is a percentage. So we're talking about hundreds of thousands. Well, I'm lying to you, like thousands of, these are thousands of tests. Right. Right. Just a mass explosion. It went from like two, uh, for every hundred thousand people tested. Yeah. It's the positivity rate based on like, right. Mm -hmm. Those are trigger points. So, you know, like I told my kids last night, so it's the day before. So we just made it for today. They're at school today. But, you know, each day I have to tell them like, you might, you know, you might not have school Thursday. Like, bless the teachers' hearts. They're trying to cram in all the stuff for these kids. So, like, the little kids on Thursday have, like, their holiday pajama party planned. Well, there's a good chance that shit isn't happening. Right. You know? And it's just like, listen, people, <laughs> all the Thanksgiving stuff, that was all true. So, Christmas, that's going to be no different. So, everybody just park your ass at home. Stop it. Just stop it. We have like a month left. Stop it. <laughs> Let's just get through this. But anyway, that's such a drag yeah. to talk about. Nobody wants to hear it anymore. No, nobody wants to hear it anymore. I just, but I do want people to know that like we are all like. We're all in this together. We're, like we're, we're all fucking struggling. The kids are struggling. The parents are struggling. We're all fucking struggling. Try to do yeah. our best. But, um, it's a, so, but on a, a more positive note, we have another empowerment story today. Yes. I'm excited. Super another excited. another good news story, right? Yeah. Um, in fact, she's a client that we did. We talked about in one of the reviews, the um, one in October, mm-hmm. the show review. I just forgot the name of the show. It's the OCB Chesapeake. Thank you, um, Natalia, who we called Natalie for and Nat, like Nat, Natalie, Natalia. We called her. Nat- I called her Natalie in my head for two years. Come to find out, it's Natalia. But she does go by Natalie. Well, she said, right, because she said it's, it's um, not an American spelling of her name. Right. And so the way her name is spelled, Americans say Natalie, 
And I was like, oh, well, that's me. I'm very American. So I, I will take <laughs> I'm that. I'm all American. I'm straight American. So straight up American. So anyway, yeah, I'm super <clears throat> excited to bring her story today. Yes. And it's actually kind of a short one. Um, but is there any little background you want to give on her? I mean, cause you, you, or should we just wait until after and we'll just kind of, cause you started with her and then she came to me. So yeah, and she, but she, she talks about, about a lot that of the background in her story. So yeah. let's let everybody listen to the story and we'll meet back here and talk about it. All right. Here's Nat, Natalie, Natalia <laughs> coming at you. Hello, my name is Natalia. I'm a 46-year-old competitive bodybuilder, bikini division, triathlete, open water swimmer, cute metal chasing half marathoner, and holiday 5K'er. For as long as I can remember, I've always been sporty, swimming before I could crawl, and then backstroking my way throughout high school and college. I was burned out from swimming by the time I graduated and took nearly a 20-year hiatus from it, picking up Zumba, Pilates, and all things high-intensity cardio in its place. I only returned to swimming because my ex-husband had signed up for his first triathlon. I remember asking him across the kitchen table, You do know that you have to swim in a triathlon, don't you? His response, I can swim. I grew up in Jamaica and spent most of my life in the water. To which I replied, yeah, but holding a red stripe and floating in the sea at one of the weekend sandbar parties doesn't really count, does it, though? So it was in that moment we decided to change his entry from individual to relay, and I found myself online shopping for goggles, suit, and swim cap. To say that I was hooked on triathlons after my first relay was an understatement. It reminded me how much I missed training, but more importantly, missed setting a crazy goal in competing. It was also at that time I was in the process of a midlife career change, from photojournalist copywriter to aspiring veterinarian, a complete 180 shift. I needed to make myself as competitive of an applicant as possible. So decided to return to swimming full-time and try and qualify for the Masters Pan-American Games in Columbia, South America, not Columbia, South Carolina. I figured being a nationally ranked swimmer, along with my life experiences, would help set me apart from the straight-A 20-year-olds that were also competing for one of the limited seats. After all, there were only 10 seats for every 100 applicants. And doing the math, I knew I had to do whatever it took to get noticed as a serious applicant. So I found a former Olympic swimmer turned coach who trained me hard so I could reach my goal and qualify for the Pan Am Games. He was an incredibly tough, no bullshit coach who often trained me to tears because he knew when I wasn't giving it my all and he certainly knew how to bring the best out of me. I remember one session, I showed up to practice unwell after having eaten a bad tuna sandwich from a gas station store. Hey, hashtag don't judge. I was just a few weeks out from competition and knew that every training day counted. I remember asking him if I could leave practice because I wasn't well, 
but that I would come back the next day and work extra, extra hard and make up for the missed day. He looked at me and said, you have two options. You can either leave and never come back to my pool or toughen up and swim through it. You need to learn how to become mentally stronger because you won't always be promised the perfect race or race conditions. Everything is mind over matter if you want it bad enough. The choice is yours. All I can say is that was probably one of the longest and worst practices I've ever had to endure. And in case you were wondering, I no longer play Russian roulette with gas station sandwiches. Currently, I'm a fourth year vet student at the University of Florida College of Veterinary Medicine. I came to Team Center Stage two years ago, not because I had a vision of becoming a competitive bodybuilder and stepping on stage, but because I found myself one day laying in a hotel bed, surrounded by bags of McDonald's, waiting for my friend to finish up her Ironman race, and wondering how the hell had I gotten to a point where I was 40 pounds over my normal weight and emotionally eating my way through most days. I also knew that I wasn't interested in doing another Ironman and needed a new challenge, a new why. When I got home from my friend's race, I contacted Team Center Stage to start the process and get back to a more healthier self, one that didn't involve eating every little thing one day or nothing the other day, or overeating on Indian food, pizza, and peach rings the other days. I realized I was no longer able to achieve a healthy balance and had developed a rather destructive relationship with food. I partly blamed this imbalance on the after effects of a difficult divorce, the start of a grueling doctorate program, finding myself completely alone in a new city, located in the middle of a swamp and far, far away from my usual happy place, the beach, and losing a friend, a very close friend, to a freak accident not much after. So for me, food became comfort and a drug to numb the pain, the grief, and cope with stress. I think one of my saving graces during this time is that I continue to train for and compete in a number of triathlons. So instead of gaining probably 100 pounds, I was able to hide my overeating through all the workouts. I had gotten good at putting on a smile and making people believe that I had it all together, even though I had started coming apart at the seams. But I was getting tired of using the filters and crop options on my phone to cut off my fatness and filter away my sadness and knew the time had come to acknowledge my issues and deal with them. The first year on Team Center Stage was tough. Learning to work with macros, learning to be consistent, and logging my daily food intake into my fitness pal. But more importantly, learning to deal with my emotions in a healthier way instead of turning to donuts and hot apple pies. I'm not going to lie, it was hard. It was so much easier to eat my feelings than deal with them. But with the help of Brandy, I was finally able to lose weight and achieve a healthier respect for food. Don't get me wrong. 
It was still tough for me to eat a higher amount of healthy calories. Funny, no? I mean, I had no problem eating an entire pizza in one sitting, but struggled with eating more calories that were balanced and nutrient dense. Also, I was happy to subsist on 1,100 calories if only I were allowed to, but of course I wasn't. There were times I still wasn't eating as much as I should and not hitting the macros Brandy set out for me. I remember having a come to Jesus moment with her and having her say, listen, if you don't allow me to increase your calories and stay there for an extended amount of time, you will not be able to entertain the idea of competing on stage. Let me repeat myself. You will not be able to compete. We will not be able to reduce your calories and expect results. We simply cannot drop you from 1,100 calories down to nothing and expect any kind of real weight loss. You need to eat. And not just eat anything, but really eat nutrient-dense foods so you can build muscle and thrive. I begrudgingly let her words sink in and from that moment truly started hitting my macros and nailing my nutrition. Another unhealthy habit I had to unlearn was the love of doing excessive amount of cardio and thinking more is better. I often think that was actually harder to let go than relearning to eat healthier. After the first year with great results, I started toying with the idea of sliding into a tiny blinged out bikini and stepping on stage. I felt terrified by the actual idea of it. The thought of walking on stage in front of so many people in a tiny little suit. Have you seen those bikini bottoms? They're smaller than most of my regular underwear. But I knew there was more, much, much more to the sport than just getting glammed up and strutting around stage. It was about working towards something in a ruthlessly consistent manner, being incredibly disciplined year-round, keeping nutrition, stress, sleep, in balance on the daily. And right then and there, I knew that I wanted in on this sport. I wanted to commit full-heartedly and pursue it. My motto in life had always been, if it wasn't terrifying, it probably wasn't worth pursuing because it wasn't going to push me way the hell out of my comfort zone and I'd probably get bored along the way. So I started the second year with the intent of competing and transferred over to working with Tina. In some ways, the second year was actually easier than the first, as I had gotten into the routine of macro tracking, was consistent with nutrition and training, had an incredible coach, great teammates to get me through the harder days, and most importantly, had found my why. Things were moving forward and on track for an early spring show when COVID shut the world down and our dreams of competing were shattered. We were given the choice to continue training in hopes of a late summer show or to refocus and try again the following year. Knowing my school schedule wouldn't allow for a show next year forced me into training, praying, and crossing fingers for a late summer show. Those who stuck it out to pursue a 2020 show had to learn to adapt to the new norm, closed gyms. Some of my teammates built themselves home gyms, 
Others only had access to bands and chords. I remember going to what seems like a million stores looking for some weights, dumbbells, anything. Nothing, nada, nilch. Everything was sold out, even the yoga mats. I couldn't even find anything online. And those that were selling equipment were certainly price gouging. I mean, $50 for a five-pound rusty, dusty dumbbell set that's been laying around in some dude's garage for years? That's a hard pass. I thought, how the hell am I going to train for an upcoming show if I didn't have access to weights? It's not like I was training for a triathlon and I could grab my sneakers and go for a 10-mile run. I had just come out of our final option, Walmart, with empty hands, when I turned to my boyfriend and just burst into tears. I need weights, goddammit. I need to train. You have to drive me down to the nearest river so I can find some heavy boulders. My boyfriend stopped walking. Wait. What? What did you just say? I said through my tears and frustration, I need to keep training. Let's go find some heavy rocks that I can squat with, bench press with, do anything with, please. He looked at me and was like, you're serious, aren't you? Yes. Yes, I am. Where on earth did you ever get this idea of training with boulders, he laughed. I replied, I remember seeing this Hawaiian surfer girl who dives 30 feet to the ocean floor, grabs a boulder, and runs with it underwater for more than a minute. He rolled his eyes and sighed. But instead of driving me to the nearest river, he drove us to Home Depot. Let's be creative and make you some weights. There's plenty of stuff we can use at Home Depot, from sand to fill sandbags, the pipes that can act as a bar. So we ended up spending a bit of time walking around, figuring out what would work and what wouldn't for my makeshift home gym. When you want something badly, I promise you, you will find a way. I'm incredibly grateful to my teammates who went through this with me. It made things seem possible in these impossible-like conditions. I was even more grateful to them when our summer show got canceled and pushed to a late fall show. If it wasn't for their constant support and encouragement, I might have given up and called it a day. After all, I had far surpassed the original goal of losing weight and no longer ate my feelings. But I think having a show to compete for even if there was no guarantee it was going to take place, helped me deal with COVID. Although not being able to stress eat or drink during those pandemic times certainly tested my resolve and willpower on the daily. I am glad I had a healthy goal-driven diversion. In the end, I managed not one, but two shows. I had only planned on one show based on a number of mitigating school factors, but the adrenaline and passion I felt for this sport, the feeling of being on stage in the spotlight, made me convince myself and my coach on jumping into a second show a few weeks after. No regrets. I am forever grateful 
I was allowed not one, but two opportunities. Now, with the judge's feedback, I know what I need to do to be even more competitive the next time around. I've set my eyes on 2023. In the interim, I found another terrifying goal, a race I had signed up for a few years back. But due to a freak accident and three herniated cervical discs that left my left arm paralyzed for two months, I was forced to withdraw from that race. I have since put that dream back on my to-do list and hope to find myself escaping from Alcatraz, swimming in the San Francisco Bay under the Golden Gate Bridge in 50-degree temp waters with God knows how many sharks and sea monsters underneath me by next year. Never stop dreaming, doing and signing up for things that make your heart race faster. Okay, and we're back. And we're back. I hope so, everybody enjoyed Nat- Natalie Natalia's story. Right. So, <laughs> so the first piece of background info I have to tell everybody is I started working with her first. I, her and I worked together about a year, somewhere around a year. And, you know, we get our intake applications when we decide if we're going to take clients or not. And, you know... I kind of scan through them quick and I, and I buzz to the pictures first. Right. And then I go back through the application. Yeah. So I, I do the same thing. <laughs> yeah. So, cause it's like, no, I wait, get, first I scan them to, for crazy. And if, right. if there's any red flag of crazy, I'm like, I just shoot it over to you. Yeah. And I know that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's just a joke. Anyway, right. it's a joke slash it's actually true. <laughs> so, um, I saw her pictures and I'm like, you know, cause in my head, I'm like, Oh, okay. This is what I can do with this client. I'm like, Oh, she's got to be in her like mid twenties. I'm like, she's 25, 26, very athletic body. Um, Oh yeah. Tons of potential. This would be great. And then I go back up and actually read through the application and see what they want to do after I decide what I want to do. <laughs> I'm like 40, 40, she was probably 44 at the time. I'm like, this can't be right. This can't be right. And I actually, I think emailed her and said, What's your actual age? Because was that a typo <laughs> on your application? It says you're in your forties, and I'm looking at your pictures, and you're not in your forties. And I won't lie, for about a year, I wasn't quite sure if it was truthful or not, because <laughs> she looks so young and has mm-hmm. such a phenomenal body. And I saw her pictures every week, and every mm-hmm. week I'm like, I don't know why she would lie about her age, but this girl is just stunning, like Malibu Barbie. Right. And, and not only how she looks, but the fact that she's in vet school, right? So what 40-year-old goes, right. goes to vet school, right? So she has to be in her 20s. It must have been a typo. Right, <laughs> right. But it's all true. And, you know, like, like I said, I think she's gorgeous. She's a phenomenal athlete. She's an amazing person. All of those things. But to me, I have been in such awe of her going back to vet school in her 40s. Mm-hmm. I just find that so extraordinary. And she has gone through this entire process while finishing her last two years mm-hmm. and doing her clinicals and doing all of those things. And, you know, I'm 42 or three. You're I'm 42. 42. I can't even read a paragraph in one sitting, right? I'm like, oh, I got to break. There's nine sentences. I got to break this up. I'll read one sentence a week. I can't imagine. Like, it's just, it's amazing. It's amazing and extraordinary. And to go to medical school, period, couldn't do it. 
So she's brilliant on top of uh-huh. gorgeous and yep. an extraordinary athlete. So she's, yes. she is yes all, to all of that. Right. She and the gorgeous. nicest person you've ever met on top of that. Right. So you're oh, like, truly, she's, she's gorgeous. She's brilliant. She's an athlete. So she better just be a, like a bitch or something. Nope. Nicest nope. person. Oh, 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 oh. And she is active in um, oh, Mastiff animal. Rescue. Yeah. Right. So yeah. she has two of the biggest dogs on the planet. Oh my right. God. The, and she, and she's very, yeah. So she's very active in, uh, I mean, she's in vet school and she's very active in Mastiff Rescue. And I think she has one, one of her own and one she's fostering, but I'm pretty sure it's a foster fail at this point. Yeah, like, I'm yeah. pretty sure that one's not going back to foster. It could be wrong. Um, and unfortunately she sort of tragically lost, uh, one of hers in the middle of all this too. So she yeah. had had to, one died suddenly and then, um, she ended up, so she has two again. Um, but to add on to, you know, once she came to work with me for actual prep, you know, she talked about how she was prepping through a pandemic and she kind of glossed over the fact, you know, the vet school part of it in the middle of the pandemic, um, too, but she was still having to do like all these, she had like externships, mm-hmm. which I guess are like internships, but, um, yeah. and like all these like in surgical rotations and this and that and the other thing, all of this in the middle, uh, you know, and she's online school and then sometimes in person when things kind of, you know, she, it, yeah. she was traveling all over the place. So it was like, she had to be here for the externship and then over here. Um, and the dates would get, so her show date got moved about a hundred times. Like right. she was supposed to compete in the spring and then the summer. And then it was like, but she had externships, so she couldn't do, th- and then she couldn't do that show. So she had to do this show. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was like, we were playing like literally almost every check-in was like, we were playing Tetris, right? It was just like, mm-hmm. all right, so we could do this show and we'd have this much time. And then she'd be here because her externships over here. I mean, it was insane. I mean, she talked about like, I got to go to the Creek and get boulders. Right. Right. <laughs> right, like, right, I, gotta, right. I loved right? that. And she, she actually just today posted, finally posted some pictures because she couldn't post pictures because people in her classes would be like, wah, wah, you're not supposed to be out and about. Um, so she posted some pictures of uh, the buckets of sand yep. and uh, the, you know, the, um, the bars she put together to do like, you know, to do rows and, and stuff like that. But um, I remember she went to visit her her family and she was using a watermelon to do um, like Russian twists, you know, stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, she, and she was going to be one and done and do the show in October, but she was in such phenomenal shape. And there was a show like in her backyard, you know, she's from Florida and there was the Tampa show. um, And you know, everybody else was like, no, don't do it. You need to focus on your boards. And I said, look, I was like, I was the devil's advocate. And I was like, look, I was like, you're already there. Like, I don't have to starve you to get there. You can have carbs to feed your brain power while you're studying for your boards, right? So, you know, because everybody's like, no, you need to focus on school. And I was like, so so I played devil's advocate. She ended up jumping into the second show, and she had a phenomenal time. She looked even better than the first oh, yeah. time, and she placed really well. Um, and then she literally had boards, like, two weeks after, and I think she's in her last couple of tests now. But mm-hmm. um, And also in the middle of all that, she helped her boyfriend, fiance, boyfriend, I guess, boyfriend, boyfriend, um, moved to California. Yeah. So she drove with him from South Carolina to California. <laughs> right. Right. So she was cross-countrying it, right, 
Oh, and not just in the middle of the pandemic, Brandy, but when they were having all of those um, wildfires, the wildfires. Yeah. And so there were no restrooms available yeah. for her to stop. I mean, it was just like they had to like deviate from their course and the wildfires and the, oh my God. I mean, just what she went through to stay on track and this, this, this crazy ass fucking year is insane. She's phenomenal. But, you know, she did talk about the struggles that she had and- mm-hmm. I will validate all that. The struggle was real. Uh-huh. You know, she, it is true. Like when we started working together, she was, she had, I think, put on a lot of weight from what she was used to. She was by no means fat, but, you know, she was a heavier weight than she was used to. Well, being- when she came to us, she was in the 140s. So her very initial pictures, right? So the, I'm sitting on my bed surrounded by McDonald's. She was, I mean, I think it's actually by any means, but she, she was carrying some body fat. Right. And it was like high one forties, one low one fifties, I think. Yeah. Um, Despite being a triathlete at that point. Right. And, you know, we did struggle for a while in it wasn't necessarily, it was consistency, but I think it was more just her mentally coming to terms with doing something outside of what she thought was the box, right? So right. her normal behaviors up until the 40s that probably worked for her very well was just kind of eat what you want, eat what you need. I work out enough that it doesn't matter. And if you eat more than you think you should, then you just exercise more. Right. Cause she talked about, she talked about the mentality of struggling, struggling to eat, you know, 14, 1500 calories of nutrient dense food versus thousands of calories of McDonald's. She struggled with that. And she, she struggled with changing her, all the cardio, all the time mindset. Right. And so I actually, she talked about the come to Jesus conversation and Mm -hmm. I remember that. And I remember exactly, I was actually standing in the barn aisle because sometimes I'll have a down period of time doing things at the barn and, you know, I'll answer client emails. And it was one of these, like, and we'd kind of been, I think going through a couple of weeks of, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. What should I do? And it's like, you should do what you're supposed to be doing. (laughs) And it was maybe the third of, you know, well, I've done nothing I was supposed to do. So I'm going to start doing cardio twice a day. And I think I was just like, listen, enough. Like you're not, you're not dumb, right? You're not inexperienced. I know you know what I'm saying to you. If you are, if that's the path you want to choose, you do you, but I'm not going to pretend like that's going to get you what you want. Right. So you decide. You decide if you want to keep doing that or if you want to do this, but right. we can't do both. And I, I was being just very honest, right? If you're an experienced athlete and you're a grown ass woman, if that is what you want to continue to do, that is fine. But I'm, I can't fit that in this box. Right. And I think that was just enough for her to be like, okay, fine, I'll try it your way. And <laughs> You know, okay, fine. <laughs> right. And it kind of, immediate, and it, you know, she wasn't super out of control, but it was just this, um, let me get off track and then get further off track. You know, let me do something extreme and then do something even more extreme to try to make up for the extremeness. Yes. You just hit the nail on the head because we went through that several times in her prep as well. 
Yeah. Yeah. It would, that, she would just get a little wonky. She'd be rolling along and things would be good. And then it would like get off track. So let me, let me do more cardio. Let me do right. more. Let me eat less. Right. Um, right. Like I struggled getting her to eat enough, right? Like she'd have no problems adding in <clears throat> Natalie, Natalia. I love you with your blow pops, right? <laughs> had no problems with the blow pops. <laughs> right. Um, but struggled to, you know, <laughs> to get the calories that it needed her to get in. Um, that were not made up of blow pops, <laughs> non blow pop calories. <laughs> right, right. I need I need something other than blow pop calories. I need something other than the chips. I need something other than the, the candy corn. She also right. digs the candy corns, right? So I, you know, we have that in common. Um, and peeps, candy corns and peeps. So we oh, have. Oh God, you guys are. Um, but yeah, she's got no problems. You know, eating tons of calories of that. But you know what? She's not alone in that. We have oh, oh, had several funny. other clients who have come to us who, again, no problems getting in thousands of calories of junk. Right. But when you ask them to eat a reasonable amount of calories, I'm too of full to eat broccoli. I can't eat it. <laughs> I'm too full. I, I don't eat. like to feel full. I don't. Um, it's too many calories. I'm going to get fat all the time. Oh my gosh. And it blows my mind. I'm just like, you, you guys are really smart people. Like we're not dealing with like dumb women, right? And and you're, yeah. Like, you know what I, you know what we're doing. No, this is not the truth, right? You know, we just have to, it just takes, you know, us reminding them And, and that exact kind of come to Jesus. I mean, we had a couple of those, um, too, right. It was just like, okay, fine. But this is what you know you need to do to get here, right? I, yeah. I, my job, our job, your job, my job as coaches is to give guidance and make recommendations. They make choices. Yes, right. I mean, the choice exactly is yours, right. what we're doing here. And, you know, I mean, some, this didn't happen with Nat, but, you know, sometimes with clients, I'm like, listen, you are paying me to give you this information and advice. Why don't you just try it? <laughs> just try it. Right. Try it. Right. And I, and I, you know, that we, again, you know, her and I had a couple of exchanges in prep where it was kind of the same thing. I'm like, you got to trust me. Do right. you, do you trust me? And if you don't, you shouldn't be paying me a, one red penny, right? If you don't trust what I'm telling you. Um, but also, you know, I, I, I knew like at one point she was, she was really, she was, she was struggling mentally or some sometime in the middle of the the pandemic and she was probably studying for something big. And I know that like running or swimming, right. Like helped her clear her mind. Right. And I said, you know what? I was like, do it. Mm -hmm. Take this week and just do it. Right. I was like, run your little heart out. It's not going to kill you. Right. Like I just do what you got to do. And we added, you know, she's like, can I please like add swimming or when the gym's open and she was able to yeah. swim. I was like, absolutely. And I'm able to, and I was a, and, and I'm flexible with clients in that way. Right. Like obviously, right. and we talk about this all the time, there's optimal, which is, which is what optimally, optimally we should do. But then there's also finding um, what's actually going to work for the client, keep them healthy mentally, physically. Right. So if it's, it may not be optimal, but it's certainly not going to kill them. And I can counterbalance it with other things. Right. Right. I could kill her by giving, telling her you can't do any cardio at all. When I know that mentally that makes her feel better. And so, and so what I said was, okay, fine. I said, but you got to eat the calories I'm giving you. 
Yeah. I will let you do the cardio, but you have got to eat the calories. And she was like, okay, deal. Right. Right. So, um, so, you know, that's how we, we found a way to make it work for her. Yeah. And it worked beautifully, right? Mm -hmm. Like, yep. You know, she talked about being a nationally ranked swimmer. Like she is an athlete upon athlete. And I, I do think a lot of like the, the catches in the headspace happen with people who are athletes from other sports, because if you're a serious athlete in another sport, you've done something, always done something this way, right? Right. This is what I've been trained and taught to do. And I've done it 1 million times. And sometimes it's often very hard then to shift that into something new. But I think, you know, now she has two skill sets, right? And any athlete who does something else and then does bodybuilding, now you have two skill sets to Mm -hmm. fit any, any point in your life or any sport or any different phase where you're doing different things. Right. Um, so, and I think she really embodies that she really embodies a multi-sport athlete. Yeah. And she even, you know, going into her. So again, you know, being able to reverse her, uh, it wasn't, we weren't in an ideal reverse situation. Cause she had to like literally buckle down. Like she couldn't do anything but study for her boards. Like tracking food wasn't going to happen. She, you know, she wasn't binging or anything, but you know, again, not ideal, but we, we worked through what was going to yeah. work for her. She had to study, um, you know, and, and she, she was really worried because she really, she really did love this sport. She wants to do it again, but she's also getting ready to start her career as a vet, right? right. And so her, she knows she can't get back on stage till like 2022, 2023 yeah. even because yeah. uh, she's starting her career. Um, but, you know, she wants to be able to make the improvements that she wants, that, that she knows she needs to make, you know, based on judges' feedback because she really wants to do this. And then she even made a comment to me in one of her check-ins. She was like, and I don't want to just go for a run. Like I want to have time to go to the gym and lift weights and I might not be able to because of my career and all this other stuff. You know, and I told her, I was like, and she's like, and I'm kind of mad about it, you know, because I want, you know, because I love this so much. And, you know, like, she's like, I know it's not rational. She's like, I'm kind of mad about it. And I was like, she said, because I know that other athletes get to come off stage and just go right back to the gym and start lifting. So I'm kind of mad about it. And I was like, I, I get it, right? I totally yeah. get it. But, you know, there's a, there's a reason and a season, you know, kind of for everything. And you're why, like right now, this thing you've worked so hard for, I was like, fuck all those other competitors you see in the gym hopping right in the gym because, you know, they're not becoming veterinarians. Right, right, right. You know, in, in three weeks, you know? Right. Like this is, I was like, you're so much more amazing because you're doing this than anybody who was able to just like compete yesterday and then go back to the gym. Who the fuck cares? Right? Yeah, who cares what anybody else is doing? Who fucking cares? So, you know, so we'll we'll come up with a plan that'll work for her because she doesn't even know, like, am I, she doesn't know what her schedule will be like, you know, how many days a week she can go to the gym. So we're we're going to work through that, right? Um, and give her something that, that will work for her, you know, to help get her, you know, make some progress, right? We may just do a three-day training week with uh, full body workouts yeah. all three days, right? So we're going to optimize what time she does have. Um, but, you know, she knows her focus now is on this, God, you know, this amazing thing that she's been working so hard for for the last four years. Yeah. I mean, she's just, she's one of those super cool people that I'm so happy I've met. Oh, absolutely. You know? Like I just, absolutely. I tell people about her all the time. And, you know, like I said, as much as I'm impressed with her athletic ability and what she's done with us, the, the vet thing is very impressive to me because I, um, in fact, I told her the other day, my, my oldest recently has decided she's going to become a vet 
and she told me, I'm going to go to vet school, but I don't want you to ex- expect anything for free. Maybe we can work out a discount. That's what my, <laughs> that's what my oldest daughter told me. So I had, to, I had to email Nat and be like, oh my God, listen to what this child just told me. <laughs> yeah. Listen, lady, you're not going to get any vet services for right. free. So right. don't come There's to no me. free lunch. Like, oh my maybe God. we can work. I think she said, maybe we can work at a discount. That's hysterical. Uh, well, how about I take the money back from uh, putting you through vet school in, you know, vet services. So anyway, she's also never going to become a vet. So I'm not worried about it, but... <laughs> But anyway, yeah, I mean, I to be a vet when I was a kid. Uh, who doesn't, right? Like, I want to be a teacher was, or a vet, and a none, of those, and a, none yeah. of those came true. I wanted to be a teacher, a vet, and a fighter pilot. None of those came true. None of, yeah, <laughs> not of my, not of my, although I, I think we are teachers. Yeah, but I also don't really like kids. No, so no, 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 no. I don't like kids. I mean, no, not particularly. So, but we're adult teachers. Yeah, I'm not even sure I like adults all that. I was much. gonna say, like, I don't know if I like adults either. <laughs> <laughs> like I like our adults right part, when they're not right. driving me batshit crazy for sure. Um, but anyway, so I, I mean, thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing the story. I think it's so cool. And again, she's just such a cool person to look up to, regardless. Right, and and you know, and so many again, like so many relatable things, right? So maybe you're not in your 40s going back to vet school and and a triathlete and trying to you know compete in bodybuilding competition, but you know, it's, it, it, again, it's like, it's a sport for anybody. It's, you know, you can do it at any age. You can, yeah. um, you know, just because you've always done things a certain way doesn't mean you can't change. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, and, and again, you know, she has, you know, mental struggles with food and exercise as a lot of women do. Right. All, everybody. I don't care what you and, say. And men. Does. Right. And so, but yet she was willing to trust and make the change. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and does she still struggle with it sometimes? Absolutely. Right. right. But she is, she is 100% working on it like every, every day. Right. Like she, yeah. she is growing, um, as a person, she's growing as an athlete. Cause like you said, now she's got like, you know, a whole nother sport that she just added to yeah. her, her repertoire. Right. Um, and so, yeah, so super, I'm super excited that she came to us. Um, and, uh, I think, or yeah, if I remember correctly, it was our client Kat who, um, Mm -hmm. knew each other from uh, Florida and she sort of inspired her. And I think I actually have a consult with one of her friends coming up this week too, another vet, Mm -hmm. um, that, uh, so yeah, so I, I mean, I'm, I'm thrilled with her. I, I love having her on the team because yes. she's such an inspiration. She's such a, just a beautiful spirit, a human, a human Barbie. You know, and I'll tell you something. I'm sorry, not to interrupt you, although I just did. But <laughs> the other thing I'll say about her is when something is happening to somebody, she's the first one that sends you a personal note. When Enchanted, oh, absolutely. When Enchanted broke her neck, Nat was one of the first people who reached out to me and was like, what's going on? Like, obviously she's one of the few people I could send the x-rays to. And she's like, Oh yeah, that's not good. Um, but the, like first people, when, when your grandpa passed away, she was one of the first clients that reached out to me and was like, Hey, how's she doing? What can we do? Yep. And, and she, you know, and reached out to me too. And I will tell you, um, and not that I, you know, I'm not comparing clients or anything, but in every single, uh, check-in response, she's like, 
so glad to hear from you. How are you? Like, yeah. you know, it's just like, yeah, it's not her job to ask the coach how she is, but right. she does, right? You know, mm-hmm. it's just like, I'm so, you know, I'm so glad to hear from you. How are you doing? It's, she's, she's so thoughtful and yeah. just, you know, cares about other people. And she does that with her teammates yeah. too. Um, yeah. So I, I, you know, Nat, we absolutely adore you and, um, so happy that you're here with us and you're going to be stuck with us forever. You're never allowed to go anywhere else. You're stuck with us. <laughs> stuck with us. We're, we're stuck with you and you're stuck with us. Awesome. All right. All right. So. Anyway, so that's Nat. Um, hope you guys enjoyed her story. Um, and until next time, don't be weird. Use your head. Wear the damn mask. Oh my God, please. <laughs> It'll all be okay. It'll all be okay. (laughs) Bye. Bye.